This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooker. Shag and I aren't always ready to record remotely by Zoom at exactly the same time. Um, Sometimes I arrive earlier, sometimes Shag arrives earlier, and of course... You reach into your pocket for your black mirror while you're waiting. And what a disturbing dystopia we live in, Shag. Wait, 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 wait. Like, maybe I'm really slow. Maybe I'm really slow. Does the black mirror mean, like, screens? Was that the point of the... Is the black mirror the TV? I'm pretty sure it is. I've only seen, like, two episodes. But I'm pretty sure it's like, look what we are. Technology reflecting. It's like a dark reflection on, like, technology's role in our lives. Isn't that right? I've never interrogated the like. I was like, "Oh, it's a show about technology gone bad," but I've never gone. Why is it called Black Mirror? But that makes a lot of sense. Of course, Black yeah. Mirror is screens. That's a classic first idea as well. Like, hey guys, don't worry, I figured it out. And it's like, <laughs> okay, cool, cool. We've got the title done. All right, now who? Like, <laughs> now let's get on to it. So, Shag staring into my Black Mirror, what reflected back at me, ironically, was uh, lawyers' LinkedIn legal content, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is my like favorite Black Mirror, and just. Uh, it, Everyone's straight, like because no lawyers understand this, aside from maybe me, but like not even me, really. If I'm if I'm really honest about it, and so everyone's like scrambling for a subject to talk about, and so you know because a month ago everyone cared a lot about Chat GBT until everyone sort of realised like oh it's fine, it's not a huge thing. Um, <laughs> this one is from ten hours ago, and look, I'm not going to put this person on blast because I know a number of lawyers listen to this show. But it's just a question of like, mm, AI chatbots, a lot of people's talking about them, but should they be banned? I'd mm, love to hear your thoughts below. <laughs> it's just like, like <laughs> it's just the most bizarre thing. I'm like, could you please just like, just comment, just if you could just comment on my post, I'd be really, I I'd would really love some engagement. Yeah, so just like, share, comment, subscribe. Um, yeah, whatever. Smash that, smash that motherfucking LinkedIn <laughs> button. Smash that curious button. So it's a grim, dark mirror shake that stared back at me. So I'm delighted to be looking at your lovely face now across the Zoom. Well, Peach, on a happier note, mm. we're celebrating today. Woo! Finally. You know why we're celebrating? I do, but I'm going <laughs> to test you <laughs> to see if you know. We're celebrating because it's <gasps> Christmas in March or Yay! whenever you're listening to this episode. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Now, the reason it's Christmas in March is mm. because... I finally found a Christmas horror movie that's not like Santa Claus is a serial killer. Uh, yeah, they're all like, it's a slasher movie with Santa. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, or okay. like, turns out Santa's a monster. And in fact, him uh, coming to everyone's house at night is actually really dangerous. It's like, again, it's been done. Push past your first idea. It's a classic shag advice. I'm like, yeah, okay, well done. Push past. I, f- I found a Christmas horror film. But mm. before we get there, don't you think the concept of Christmas in July or Christmas in August or whatever mm. is really weird? 
because Christmas mm. is at its core, like you know, like uh, like I understand it has like pagan origins and all this stuff, mm. but the way it's celebrated today mm. is as a Christian holiday, and it's the birth date of. The, the big homie, yeah. The Christian main character, Jesus <laughs> yeah. Christ, right? And- uh, can I just tell you, our youngest golden child asked me what Jesus' backstory was <laughs> and what his powers were. <laughs> What's his origin, baby? What's Jesus' origin story and what are his powers? <laughs> like, okay, yeah. To be fair, mm. the Bible doesn't heaps go into detail about all of his powers. Like, they're a little bit vague. Like, yeah. sometimes he can walk on water, but... Not he doesn't do, he does it once. Firstly, because he was like the son of God. He's like so he's Thor basically. Is that the scenario? <laughs> like Thor, Thor powers because he's Thor's the son Thor. of God. Yeah. I was like, oh, broadly, I think that's right. Yeah, and I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. What, what I yeah. am saying is, what's weird is Christmas in July. It's like everyone we're wearing jumpers and <laughs> we're eating turkey. Yeah, it's and crazy. It's, like, it's just it's it's so far removed from Christmas. And for Australian some Christmas, we should say we should check our summer Christmas privilege. Right, yeah, gotcha. It's it's so weird, and it makes me think of the Godzilla soundtrack from the nineties, <gasps> the one with Puff Daddy doing "Come with me, come with me." Yeah. So I think soundtracks in the CD era was so weird because it was an era where bands had album cycles. They released singles leading up to the album, then they released singles after the album. And then they disappeared for a couple of years and then they came back and did that. But soundtracks gave you this moment to have these one-off singles in, in you know, like between album cycles. Do you have a, do you have a fave shake? Can you just drop right, right, right now some of your notables? Would it be like that Smashing uh, Pumpkins song on yeah. the Lost Highway soundtrack? Smashing Pumpkins I from the Lost Highway soundtrack. If everything post-Melancholy sounded like that song, they would have fared so much better than they are doing now. But from the Godzilla soundtrack, my mm. favorite is Rage Against the Machine's No Shelter. And it's just it's it's one of the, it's one of the better songs they released in a very tight and consistent career. But it has this line in it where they effectively are like fuck being on a sound like it's really weird, right? Cuz they're on the soundtrack. Yeah. They made a video for this song for this soundtrack, but it has this line where it's like Godzilla, pure motherfucking filler, get your eyes off the real killer. And obviously the real killer is capitalism because it was <laughs> Rage Against Machine. But it's that weird thing where people want to be on the soundtrack, but they don't want to celebrate the movie. Christmas in July is weird because it's like they want the jumpers, but they don't like they it's don't not want actually the Jesus. Like, yeah, why yeah. do they call it why do they call it like anything? Like it's it's just yeah, July. Like, like, well, let's have a party. Yeah. It's just like and I get like I get why you do. I just think it's really weird just how far removed it is and how much it makes it like how much it draws into sharp relief, how weird it is that most of the world celebrates a Christian holiday without really celebrating it. I've always sort of drawn the analogy to just how dominant American pop culture was for us growing up. That like what Christmas is based on what we experience is sun and beach and swimming pools and seafood. And what Christmas is based on what we view through like 85% of the cultural content we consumed growing up was Christmas is winter and snow and sleigh bells and crazy jumper, like crazy jumper culture 
in Australia, we're like, oh, imagine if we were somewhere with crazy <laughs> Christmas jumpers, am I right? And to the point where people still do wear crazy jumpers at Christmas, but they're super mm. hot. Certain companies have made like rash vests that look like ah, Christmas jumpers yes. for Christmas, so you can still wear one when you're at the beach. You can buy false Christmas trees with like fake snow on them. It is like, you're right. Mm. Like, it's it's so strange how much being a part of something is more important than the meaning behind than the it. thing it is. Right? Oh, Shag, yes. Right? That's such a good point to so, make. So, look, all I just want to say is I think it's weird that we're celebrating Christmas in March, but we're doing it. Yeah, because, Peach, like I said, I finally found a Christmas horror film, and it's simply called Await Further Instructions. Fucking great title. Just, like, sorry, you don't have to leave this in, but that's <laughs> fantastic. Right? Uh, I want to know. I want to know everything. That might be the best title. Yeah, all right, we, we talk about it, but fucking hell. That's a, yeah, that is a cracker. Can we not do this? I want to meet them. Come on. Nick, it's so good to see you. Full house this year. Well, maybe this year we can have a proper family Christmas like we used to you. This country used to be great till all them Johnny Ahmeds and Bobby Bongo Bongo started coming in. Mr. Milgram, that's not fair. You come in here with your two hey, arms and your Don't shout at my girlfriend. Here's what we do. We'll get up really early before they do and we'll just go home. Locked us in. What do you want to pound? They're all the same. But who would lock us in? Hello! Ding dong, merrily on high. In heaven the bells are ringing. Ding dong, merrily the sky is written with angels singing. Hello! I'm your son! Fucking title, 11 out of 10. Concept, 11 out of 10. <laughs> Check this. Can, I can only go down from here. I'm, I'm having fun. I think I now know why there aren't many horror Christmas films and why it would be such. <laughs> no, no. And I, like, I don't mean, I don't mean to, I don't mean to poo on this film. Like, I'm really, I saw I'm really this not. Film and I now know why <laughs> there are not many films like this. Well, no, it's, it's more that. It, I had like a real sharp realization during this that mm. the point of a Christmas film is that you want to rewatch it at least once a year, uh, okay. maybe a couple of times in a certain period every year, right? It needs to be, it, it needs, to, it it needs to lend itself to endless rewatches. And so, a twist, for example, is going to be not an appealing feature. I, I think like a, a twist is an appealing feature. Feel bad club sort of vibes while great for one viewing it's like when i think about the killing of a sacred deer i love yep. that film i kind of don't need to see it again not because it's going to make me feel bad again it's like i also like i just don't like it's done it's had its effect i i experienced it i it's lingers in my brain i think about it i don't need to see it again so i think it's really tough to marry what horror can do so well with what a christmas film really needs and i think it's probably why most Christmas horror films are actually kind of like action comedies or like sort of quasi magical realist dark comedies because yeah okay 
To give you a bit more access, yeah, yeah. Like to give you a bit, bit more rewatchability. Yeah, I follow that. So I think this film is super cool, but I also think it doesn't like. I don't need to see it again, and that's so. So it's it's definitely a it's it's a it's a horror Christmas film, but I don't think it passes the whatever the Christmas film Bechdel test is. Ooh, what is that? Uh, one, two or more characters who have a name must discuss a topic other than Santa or <laughs> the threat of whatever the villain is. Uh, I, I think I think it is set, like Christmas needs to be, has to either be one of the main themes of the film mm. or has to be the dominant time frame the film's set in. Mm-hmm. It can't have like a scene at Christmas. It has, it's it's kind of like Die Hard, right? Like, and I hate this, and I just don't. I, I can't believe I'm even talking about it. I'm not, but at least you can say at least Die Hard set at Christmas, so it's like okay, it's a Christmas movie by that metric. What do you not like? So if I say so, you, you say Home Alone, like so. So Home Alone is and Die Hard. No, is no, what a bear no. Pass, it's just what I'm what saying say? before, where it's like saying whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not is the sort of opinion people who don't have personalities hold because they heard it on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, okay, so the other idea of having the argument is like, what the fuck are we talking about here? No well, it's like, it's like this is an argument you heard through pop culture and now you're continuing it even though your only real stake in it is that you saw it on pop culture. Yeah, you, saw you, it, you like, got no you, skin in the game. You absorbed this. It's, it's, we've talked about this before. It's being afraid of clowns. It's hating the word moist. Yes. It's, but it's having any opinion on Die Hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally, if you mention Die Hard, I'm turning around and I'm walking away. Fuck, shag. A line in the sand. All right, I get it. I'm with you. All right. Home Alone, is Home Alone okay? Or we- I, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Who gives a shit? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I'm actually more for, because Love Actually was kind of cancelled recently, I'm more for hearing people being like, no, I love Love Actually, because at least I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, like, you, you've heard something that I don't necessarily agree with, and you've you've gone against that grain. Yeah, okay. All right. It's a little open-minded countercultural shag over yeah, here. That's me. That's me. On my journey slowly to becoming a right-wing influencer. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, I think actually that, no, I'll re-watch Love Actually. I think, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So Await Further Instructions, as we say, has a phenomenal title. Mm. It has one of the worst wikipedia synopses i've seen in a while mm-hmm. it's basically like it's the most emotionless it's as if this was like a court case it's as if you had to write <laughs> down what happened in the film to describe to a judge so there are documents <laughs> that you prepare for final hearings called chronologies which are very much that of like date time thing that happened <laughs> date time <laughs> thing that happened <laughs> i literally think this wikipedia synopsis is a chronology so i'm doing something i don't often nice. do I went to. There's a bunch of. Oh, other, you're spicing it up a bit. Well, no. Yeah, okay. There's a bunch of other websites online mm. that are just hungry for our clicks. So they put up synopses of popular films, you know, under the guise of what was the true meaning of the ending. And most horror films have this because most horror films have an ending that people want to people watch and immediately go online and second screen and try to work out yeah. what just happened. And usually. Because they're trying to, like, make sure we spend as much time on the page, they give us a bit of a uh, preamble before. Now, mm. they're not always super reliable because often they're very focused on what the author thinks of the film rather than being just a strict chronology. <laughs> but yeah, okay. sometimes they're good at at least, like, setting the scene. So can I just set the scene for a wait further instructions for you? 
from this article from Looper in uh, uh, written in 2022. So, okay, so released in 2018, Await Further Instructions is an overlooked indie horror gem that deserves more attention. The film tells the story of a broken family, and these are the opinions of the author. Like, I, I do think this is really good, but when I say this, okay. these are the opinions of the author. The film tells the story of a broken family whose Christmas is thrown upside down when they are locked in their house and receive strange messages through their television that put their beliefs to the test. Directed by the late Johnny Kevorkian and starring Sam Gittins, Nirja Nike, and Grant Masters, this Yuletide horror may not be especially well-known, but those who have seen it give it high praise. You can also tell the amount they're just repeating things but in different ways is like, old school seo it's like how many times can we fit all the keywords oh, we need man. to into this? yeah anyway we've had our chat jbt discussion yeah okay cool. so so i'm just going to give you the little opening spiel that they give for this film which i think sets it up really mm. well. await further instructions mainly focuses on nick our main character and his girlfriend angie who is a poc and nick has a very staunchly uh white british probably brexit voting family <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's pretty clear what they're trying to say in this yeah. film. The, the yeah. satire isn't subtle in this film. Ah, okay, yeah. This is probably the reason why Nick hasn't seen his family for three years, and he brings Angie to meet them for the first time at Christmas. Although Angie is initially open-minded, after the meeting the family, it becomes clear why Nick holds his sentiment. While his mother is very nice and the classic, like, beaten oh, back, nice beaten down, you. subdued British housewife, Nick's mm. father, Tony is that, uh, like, God, I'm, I'm, I sound like a rifling influencer. Is that sort of beta, sort of no, yeah, okay. clearly dominated at work, sort of gross dude who then takes it out on everyone at home trying to be the leader of everybody and try to, you know, control oh, what people do. Pregnant yeah, okay. sister Kate, who's a bit like, do you think you're better than me to Nick? Because clearly Nick, you know, had like Nick has the went off to the city, yeah, whatever, has, and yeah. went off to the city to do his job. And Kate stayed behind and got pregnant with her like buffhead boyfriend. There's the grandfather. Does buffhead need a translation now that we're like? An oh American yeah, that's a good point. Like buffhead just yeah. means an idiot, I think. I, I reckon doofus is probably yeah. almost a direct translation. Yeah. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's like yeah, it's kind of like yeah, it's it's when you're being sort of like. It can be a term of endearment, yeah. sort of a, a, not extreme endearment. I, I'll come on your buffet. Actually, that's a really good come. point. It is doofus because it's like you're being a bit of a buffet. Come on. Or it's yeah. like, no. Nah, being a bit of a doofus. What a silly mm. buffet sort of thing. Yeah, you're yes, right. You're right. Exactly. It is. Black and Peach dropping gems today. I'm also pretty sure. Now I've said it, I'm pretty sure it's an unproblematic term, but I'm not sure. I, I assume it is. Yes. But fuck, like we said, every time in Australia you're concerned about something, you're probably right to be concerned. I'm pretty sure, Shag, in another pod- podcast we had, we, we referred to, we used a very unfortunate word that used to be used to describe the Romani people just as just a passing yes. comment. Yes. So, yeah, that's good. it's good for us to have our radars. Uh, I mean, and it's good to always be learning and never think you are done. With- yeah, I've solved it now. Yeah, you're done. I've solved it. <laughs> yeah. Look, not to actually seriously comment on that. Like, on the coffee in a case note thing, I used to be like, I've solved inclusive language. I say... She or he, Peach, fucking dismantling the patriarchy around here, saying she. And I'm like, oh, I couldn't have been further from <laughs> further from being, you know, achieving my goals of inclusiveness. And it is a journey, Shank. I agree. It's a journey and you've always got to keep up on it. So, look, I might actually mm. look into Buffett. I'm not sure. 
And yeah, like I said. You don't have to. Someone else can look Yeah, into maybe it. someone else do. Please tell us. Yeah. I hope it's okay. I won't say it anymore on the basis of, <laughs> on the basis of my- Don't be a fucking bullshit about it. <laughs> I don't want to be a total bullshit <laughs> All right. Okay. So, so Nick's father- That would be really funny if it was really oh bad. Oh, God. It probably will be now. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Like, sorry, sorry. We should get back to the podcast. A, That's a, a, anyway, anyway. Fucking Australia. Anyway, fucking- <laughs> Yeah, we're the worst. We are the worst. We said it before. Our heads on spikes can't come sooner. Uh, yeah, it's like the world would be better without us. It is really <laughs> concerning, but true realization. All right. Okay. So Nick's. So we said Nick's father and his pregnant sister and grandfather treat him with disdain for being too soft. Now the grandfather is is the most unrealistic character because he's just, like, the openly racist and prejudiced grandfather. And, like, I think we all have, especially, no, like, like I don't know, like, I could speak for, like, white people that we all have at least one mm. racist relation who shows up at these, like, family do's and says stuff. But they're never outwardly like, yes, I love to cause pain to people by saying bad things. Yeah. They just say, they just have fucked views, but they think they're right. They think they're they're like what what are you talking about? That's okay, I'm allowed to say that, aren't I? <laughs> like that's what that like isn't that your experience with it? Well, like I've I've never experienced racism of like now listen up to my views <laughs> about why other races are worse than my race. <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> that's that's the problem. Like it's it's like I talk mm. about you know the, the issue with making Nazis supernatural bad guys. It mm. makes them not seem like banal, normal people who did evil things. Yep. And it's the same thing. By being like, well, racism is when, like, we have a grandfather who's like, ha, 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 I can't <laughs> wait to make your girlfriend uncomfortable because she's less than me. It's like, it's yeah. not right. Like, that doesn't really happen in real life. No, it's the um, treating people like service staff sort of thing that's uh, often the way I see it done in family-type interactions, but it's, yeah. Now, to make matters worse... They all mm. treat Nick as, you know, with disdain for being too soft, but they react with extreme prejudice towards Angie, who we said before is a PSA, making discriminatory comments about her throughout the film. Fuck, so it's not even microaggressions. Oh, no. It's not even like, so where are you from kind of thing. It's probably like, Ugh, it's, it, it's like, well, the wrong it, race. It's, it, you know, like, because early on in the film, they're like, maybe there's a terrorist incident. Well, looks like we've got a terrorist at the table. It's that sort of shit, right? Uh, that, does, that doesn't happen. <laughs> All right, okay. Well, no, sorry, I fucking, what, like, in fact, sorry, I withdraw that. Who the fuck am I? But, no, I withdraw but that all of that aside, all of that aside, mm. This is a spicy film with a great title and an even greater premise, and I'm very excited to take you through the three paragraphs of this Wikipedia section. Oh, we haven't started. No, no. All right, let's do it. Because I have to give you that detail, because once we get into this, it's like, then this character did this, and that character- (laughs) As they came in, doors got closed, then the TV (laughs) said, away instructions. (laughs) Then they got some injections. (laughs) Okay, so the film centers upon a family who have gathered Mm. for Christmas. The family is Mm. made up of Nick, his girlfriend, Angie- Nick's pregnant sister, Kate, Kate's husband, Scott, granddad, and Nick's parents, Tony and Beth. And granddad's played by, like, I really shouldn't just refer to people by their roles, but by Filch from the Harry Potter universe. He, like, that is exactly, and he's basically that character. Yeah, they've given the same outfit to be like, yeah, it's me, Filch, blah, I'm racist. <laughs> the gathering is initially fine, but grows tense after Kate makes racist remarks to Angie. They quickly find that they, yeah, do you know what I mean? It's like, that's, that's all we get of the setup. 
They quickly find that they can't leave because they are surrounded (laughs) by a strange by a strange black substance that feels rock hard. So every window, every door, when you open Mm. it, when you look outside, there's just a pitch black substance that's just rock hard that they can't get through. Feels like a Doctor Who episode so far. Yeah, that's kind of where my head's at. Yeah, Yeah, right. And they can't flee the home. After this happens, they receive messages on their TV saying that they need to isolate at home and await further instructions. Yes. Is there any suggestion they could do anything other than that? I thought the house was secured. So the home is, well, no, but but it's like that's, it, it's more like they get this message and there's no, there's no telling who this message is from. <clears throat> and so immediately dad who sees himself as a bit of a like, you know, disciplinarian is like, right, we've got to follow this. Let's just have a normal Christmas dinner as usual. But when they sit down, they receive another message on the TV saying that their food is contaminated and they need to throw it out and instructing them to cleanse their skin with bleach. Uh, this is a really good premise now. Like, it's good, yeah, right? Look, this is very good. But also I kind of want to know what, Peach, who doesn't love, who kind of likes following orders, but also doesn't like being told what to do or doesn't like this, wouldn't like, uh, what would you do in this scenario? Yeah, I am your classic pay Sony a lot of money to listen to Rage Against the Machine songs. That's your boy (laughs) over here. (laughs) I'm walking walking the tightrope. Yeah, I don't know. I think it would be more like a risk. Like, it wouldn't be so, you know, like, what is the source of the authority issuing this instruction? I can't imagine following it. I don't know, gooey, like a... Yeah, I can imagine wanting to stamp stamp my foot and say, uh, no, thank you. You know what's also really funny? Mm. This film this film could be a really good play, but it follows the play formula oh, in that it the starts at Christmas dinner. dinner with tensions. Something happens and tensions escalate. Shag. So because of this, mm. all of the tensions around the table escalate. So obviously everyone's super racist towards Angie, the dad who feels like he doesn't have control, takes it out on the rest of the family. The sister who thinks the Nick thinks she's better than him tries to make her husband, like, turn against him. Like, tensions just rise because of this situation. But, like, is anyone eating the food or is everyone like, oh, well, contaminated now? Well, no, it's contaminated, so they throw it all out. Yeah, right? wow. So initially the dad's like, I'm in charge and we've got to listen to it. It's probably the government and we got to we got to sort this out. There are vaccines then drop down the chimney with what looks like used syringes. Tony forces the family to take the vaccines, even though Angie, who's a nurse, is like the syringes are used and it's a bad look for us. But basically, Tony, the dad, makes everyone take the vaccine and granddad promptly dies vomiting a black liquid. I don't like the only POC in the film being a member of a sort of caring profession, but again, that's that's life, I guess. And cliches, uh, it's also super troubling that... <laughs> And like a uh, like an all powerful force tells them to take a vaccine, and then someone immediately dies from it. That's a that's an awkward message to have in twenty eighteen. That's a really irresponsible messaging, isn't it? That's that's your real thirteen reasons why type um, irresponsibility. But when you think about it, twenty eighteen. Now I think about it, that's two years pre the pandemic. Mm. They didn't know. They didn't know that it's irresponsible to <laughs> make people doubt vaccines. No, but, I mean, in, in the same way that... You see, Rage Against the Machine. So, do you reckon, <laughs> like, you know that moment of, like, Republicans, like, like you know, like, mad Republicans, like, 
there's a lot of footage of them playing like Rage Against the Machine songs to fucking yeah. shitty Democrats going in to vote to try to intimidate them in the 2020 election. And, <laughs> and to me, it's similar. I'm like, yeah, man, Zach Della Rocca lyrics assist me in forming a view that vaccines are shit. Like, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me sort of scenario. I can imagine, yeah, that sort of palimpsest of revolutionary culture and a genuine like leftist agenda being hijacked by disaffected young right-wing men um, to further the bizarre um, shag-style right-wing influencer um, agenda. Yeah, no, it's- I can't believe I'm coming up. Like, it's really scary, Peach. You gotta- <laughs> well, no, you've seen the light now. Like, and so, <laughs> so you're just helping I've us been- understand. I've been shag-pilled. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you got me. Okay. Okay. The television, after Grandad dies, they get another message from the television mm. informing the family that one of their number is infected. And even though some of them, probably Nick and Angie, are a bit like, well, hang on, we took the vaccines and now Grandad's dead. Maybe not everything the TV is saying is right. Mm. Tony, who's still sort of leading everyone, is basically like, no, someone's infected. And I think you can take a guess who they decide. Sorry, someone's, <laughs> someone is infected. And I, I think you can take a guess who they decide who's the infected one. It's the dad. Yeah, I know. It's good. <laughs> I'm with you. So anyway, so they decide it's Angie and they lock her upstairs in the bedroom with the dead body of granddad. Okay. Nick then is like, the problem's the TV. So he unplugs the television but is warned against it once it's plugged back in by Tony. Tony's like, you can't do that. Plugs it back in. And I think I can't remember what the message is, but the TV's like, don't do that again. Remember TVs? Like, do you have one? I mean, would you, like, <laughs> what is it doing at Christmas? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Kate urges Scott to attack Nick because Kate, like, like I said before, tensions rise. Kate clearly has an underlying thing against Nick because Nick unplugged the TV. He becomes a bit of a pariah. So Kate urges her partner, Scott, to attack Nick only for her to become injured in the process. A desperate Nick tries to secretly find a way to flee the home only for the television to reveal this to the others. Oh, you'll never guess what Nick's doing upstairs. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, with like a really clickbaity title. Uh, oh, yeah. Someone in this oh, house yeah. is trying to flee. <laughs> guess who? <laughs> Tony and Scott I love, rush I love in. That this like TV's the master marketer of like <laughs> <laughs> come back and we'll like reveal some more secrets. This TV is extremely good at marketing. That is what this TV is good at. Amazing. So to- it's all tease marketing of like, mm, here's just a little <laughs> tidbit of facts and we'll tell you a bit more in future. Tony and Scott rush in, knock Nick unconscious, and drag him downstairs. The television then tells them that Nick is a sleeper agent and that they must get information from him. Which is like what? It's funny how much the TV is just changing the narrative constantly. But even the tone, like even the like what authority, like sleeper agent for what and against what? Like, <laughs> right? The, okay. But that they must get information from him. So they tie Nick up and then Nick's dad, Tony, and his brother-in-law, Scott, torture him until Beth, their mum interrupts to say that Kate, their daughter, has died from her injuries. Shag, is this going to be, it's a fucking, the twist is it's a reality TV show and they're recording the whole thing and it's been No, I actually like, like a lot of people hated this twist, but I like it because it's a proper horror twist. Okay, good. Yeah. 
It's not going to be, and it was the game. <laughs> yeah, like essentially I'm thinking, yeah, it was the game. Like the mist is what came to mind, but you're right, the game's even closer. Like, ah. Now, the surviving family members are told to return to the first floor as the television is activating quarantine, and it does this by slowly filling different rooms up with this black smoke, and we discover it is able to kill because Beth, the mum, gets trapped inside one of the rooms and then she dies and, like, like she coughs up blood and, like, her eyes bleed. And, okay. you know, it's it's that classic horror gas that causes the most awful reaction. you got to avoid that. Yeah. So Nick is able to get Angie downstairs, but, like I said, is unable to save his mother who dies after exposure to black smoke. So Nick and Angie rush downstairs and find the TV is displaying a bright light. So Nick once again unplugs the TV. But the light stays on the TV, <gasps> however, and the house begins shaking. The TV proclaims that he's being resurrected and it's reborn mm. just before Nick passes out. Nick no. awakens to find that he and Angie have been restrained and that the television wants Scott and Tony to sacrifice them because Kate still has an unborn child in her body, even though she died, and to save the child, they need to sacrifice one person. Yes, and then can the TV go into the child? Yeah. And so you see how things have, like, completely escalated, right? Yeah, okay. So Tony attempts to sacrifice Angie, but Nick and Scott attack him, and Tony murders Scott with an axe. Hang on, hang on. Why is Scott protecting Angie now? Has Scott seen the light? Has he- I, I can't remember. I can't remember okay. what happens. But, yeah, basically <laughs> there's a huge kerfuffle at the end. So Tony murders Scott. So the dad murders the brother-in-law yes. with an axe. A fight between Dad and Nick ends when Nick knocks him down and throws the TV onto him, killing him, which is obviously, like, super symbolic about he listening to the TV, TV and the TV yeah. eventually yeah, killing you. That, blah, blah, blah. that sucks. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The TV writes itself, and what look like black wires that are actually tendrils snake out of the TV and enter Tony by the back of his neck and take control of his body. Okay. Yeah, right? So this is where it's like, okay. This is Doctor Who, yeah. All right. They soon realise that the black substance around the house was actually living black wires all compounded together really closely. Nick confronts the wires and throws the axe into the heart inside the TV. The tendrils seemingly die, but soon begin moving and engulf them. Tony, being controlled by the wires, murders them both with the axe. The tendrils digest Katie's body, leaving only her skeletal remains and her still-living baby amidst them. Tony, the, the, you know, connected by wires, mm. brings in another TV, which greets the baby as Rudy and displays colourful patterns to get her attention. By this point, it turns out the television media has gained sapience Sentience? And it asks, sa- well, it says sapiens. Sapiens. I've never, sapiens. I've never heard that. I, I assume Homo sapien, it's probably yeah. it's the same thing. Okay. Probably it's more than consciousness. It's probably like actual, like, you know, me- mechanical yeah, body okay. functions, right? This really is a Chad JBT episode. I wonder if it should be banned, Shag. I wonder. <laughs> and, tells, and tells Rudy to worship it. And as Rudy just sort of Google, giggles and coos. And as we know, like, Baby, it takes a few weeks for babies to actually even really see anything beyond like just light and color. So 
I mean, the TV's not really doing a good job of raising this kid. But anyway, we then cut to outside the house and slowly zoom back as we see that all of the houses in this neighborhood are covered in these black-like tendrils. And as we zoom further out, we see a like a fire erupted in the distance and darkness pretty much everywhere. And that's the end of await further instructions. Yeah, okay. Like, where, like the syringes or they're just, they're just dirty syringes. We just... That's a really good point. I, I think it was the TV trying to get them to show their allegiance or maybe kill them. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Like, yeah, like, uh, sorry, you know, barbarian style, 11 out of 10 um, concept and setup. Um, 11 out of 10 title. Shag, I think, in fact, I think that's the title for your new right-wing podcast. I think, Shag, your new, like, <laughs> right-wing podcast, Shag, await further instructions with um, with Shaggy M. What's up? Get Shag filled and await further instructions. I've been Shag filled. <laughs> uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe, and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?